0: Go. so welcome matt to our bookledge podcast thank you for being here
1: yeah thank so, you so much for having me
0: so would you like to introduce yourself to our
1: audience yeah so um a little bit about myself uh i'm originally from uh u.s i come from portland oregon but actually right now i'm living in a very interesting place i'm living in surabaya indonesia and I've been living over here for the past 10 years as an English teacher, and uh, I really got into books uh, when I moved over here because I had a lot of spare time. You know, moving away from home is quite a different experience. So. So I didn't know a whole lot of people when I first got here. So I started to get into books, and uh, I've been teaching ever since. And then started, you know, Bookmatic about five years ago, uh, which I'm sure you'll probably ask more about that throughout this podcast episode. But yeah, um, that's a little bit about me. Uh, I, I guess I'm I'm born to be a teacher, and so that's that's why I love sharing out books and trying to. Teach people about um, the best and most efficient reading strategies you can ever have. That way you can retain what you read, remember what you read, and take action on what you read, which is one of the most important factors. So that's what I've been building up for the past five years, living in Indonesia and just helping people out so uh if you want to clarify on anything you can feel free and ask uh, if i missed anything
0: No, matt man matt that was a really great vision that you have so why did you choose indonesia is it because of the uh i mean it's a developing country or about the low standard low standard of living i mean low cost of living
1: Yeah. So I wouldn't necessarily call it low standard of living, but uh, it is definitely a low cost of living. You know, the the people over here are very, very friendly. And uh, I chose to, to move over to Indonesia, like you said, partly because it's a developing country. And I wanted to experience something completely different from the U.S. If you compare the two, they're like almost living on like different worlds. So it's it's been a really good experience living over here meeting people uh, that I wouldn't have ever met before and uh, just building up a, a relationship with people and also absorbing myself into a different culture has really opened up my eyes uh, to to how people think and how people learn and um, it's just been a really, really good experience so. Uh, I may be staying over here for the next five years or 10 years. I've got a family over here now. So I'm pretty solid, pretty steady here. But I would love to move back to the U.S. because, you know, I kind of miss living back home. Uh, It it will always be my home. But Indonesia is kind of like my second home. So, um, yeah, I, I guess you just wherever you go. is where your home is, really. Um, I I could live anywhere in the world and still enjoy it.
0: I mean, exploring different cultures is really a great thing. Even I want to do that.
1: (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I I recommend it to to anyone. Uh, Anyone in the world should travel to another country. That way, they can see what it's like, see how other people live, And uh, it's just really Um, eye-opening. It's the best experience you can ever have, really.
0: Yeah, it changes your perspective to look at the world. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, very eye-opening.
1: Definitely. It helps you to grow as a person.
0: Yeah. So, Matt, why did you start reading books?
1: Yeah, I saw it as a way to improve myself Uh, and you know I just want to tell you the the whole story behind it well uh, my wife the person that I married here in Indonesia was encouraging me to start a business of my own and to be honest I had no idea how to do, do that. I was clueless so I just decided well you know if I want to learn about it then I might as well go pick up a business book. So I picked up the first book that I read was Second Chance by Robert Kiyosaki, which most people know him for Rich Dad, Poor Dad. So I I picked that up. And after I, I read it, I could not stop reading like personal development books, nonfiction books, like anything that really interested me, grab, grabbed my interest. I went to buy the book and read it and absorb it. And after a few years of doing that and building up the good reading habits, which I share on my social media platforms now and my website now, uh, I started to take action, but it didn't come instantly, right? So it it really took me a couple of years to start to take action on what I read because I was still trying to absorb all the information. So it's really to answer, to sum up the word, uh, to to sum up the reason why I started reading nonfiction books in the first place is curiosity, wanting to grow, wanting to become better and get out of my daily slump, really. You know, because after I finished work, I would come home. I would play games. I would watch movies. And that's all I would do. I wouldn't do anything else. And I got tired of doing that. So I wanted to get out of that slump. And books helped me to get out of that.
0: Wow, Matt. That was great. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I really liked it. Books help you get out of your slump.
1: Wow. Yeah, yeah, really. Really. It's like a, a Kickstarter. Books are always a Kickstarter. Like in the morning, I read for a half an hour before I start my my day it's like the the fuel like the kindling that starts your your fire uh it's like the the key in the ignition that starts your car it helps you to get going helps you to get motivated helps you to uh get out there and have a fantastic day and have the most productive day that you could possibly have that's the way i picture nonfiction and personal development books the key well-
0: that's a great way to put it Uh you know so matt uh, why did you start sharing the knowledge from books and uh, what is your goal sorry what was that shoe pump Uh, i was saying that why did you start sharing the knowledge from books and what is your why or goal behind this page oh right 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 so why did i start selling knowledge is
1: that is that how you put it selling the knowledge okay good yeah um so what what is the the goal and why do I do it? Well, yeah. I saw the huge I saw the huge difference that reading personal development and nonfiction books made in my life. I saw the huge difference, and like going back to that 2015 story when my wife asked me, "Oh, hey, why don't you try to start a business?" Well. I figured since this is making such a huge difference in my life, I should try to start a business around, based around nonfiction books. So after years and years of reading, five years to be exact, really, uh, reading avidly, I come up with a framework that I personally use to take the, the best bits of knowledge from the books Put it into a plan and take action. Action, like I said earlier, is one of the most important key factors. Everything around us is based on systems, like the governments, communities, the way that you run your whole day. You you run on a system. You as a person, as an individual, run on a system. So this system that I built, the SPAR framework in the sixth principles of lifelong learning is the system that helps you to take these key bits of knowledge, put it into a plan and take action. So that's what my business does. And why do I do it? Well, I want people to experience the same types of success or similar types of success that I have personally had. And I believe that if more people start reading these nonfiction books, and applying the knowledge that really the world will become a better place because more people will be action takers, not just sitting on their butt after work and watching TV and playing games. They will know, they will will understand how the world works by reading these amazing books. So can you imagine that if more people started reading Right, Shupan, if more people yes. started reading, this would make yes. a huge, huge difference. So that is the main goal for Bookmatic. Uh, I also read a lot of books from different authors and help authors to spread their message. So that's like a secondary goal is really to uh, connect people, connect authors with different people so that they can discover great books. That's the secondary Primary is to teach people this framework so that they can apply the knowledge.
0: Yes, Matt, just like you said, action is the most important thing. I mean, people can read books, but uh, if they sit on their butt and watch television, then it's of no use, right? Mm -hmm. Without action, nothing is feasible in this world.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, that was a great point that you said. Yeah. And
1: also without the right system, right? Without the right system, because it's not just action taking, right? It's not just action taking. We have to have a good plan. We have to be able to remember what we read. So it's really a combination of several different factors. Also mindset. We have to have the right mindset where we're not judging ourselves and we're not judging other people based on Uh, based on like facts that are not even true or you know it's it's like these self-limiting beliefs if we're talking bad about ourselves inside our head like all these factors put together if we can improve that and optimize that then it will optimize our action taking
0: yes completely true a system Mm -hmm. is really important and planning so Definitely. Matt, uh, what are the books that you have gifted the most to your friends or family? Well,
1: I um, I've done a few giveaways on like Instagram. Uh, I have not bought any books specifically like for my family, uh, but I I did like I told my wife to read. The Four Agreements, which I have on my bookshelf. So I brought it to her and asked her to read that. Uh, The giveaway that I did on Instagram was for Atomic Habits, which was actually a while ago. So actually, I'm due for another giveaway soon. Um, I just got another book from an author, uh, two books. So that means I can do a giveaway. Uh, It's called Reframe the Day by Adam. What's his name? Hold on. Let me check (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah. Adam M. Lowenstein, uh, which is an amazing book. I read that earlier this year. If I compare it to any other book, it would be similar to Stillness is the Key by Ryan Holiday. yet it is a little bit different than that. Maybe a mix of Deep Work as well by Cal Newport. So yeah, th- those are the books that really stand out is Atomic Habits, The Four Agreements and Reframe the Day. I would recommend those books to to anyone, and I would give them to anyone.
0: Yeah, I recently heard about Reframe the Day from your Instagram or somewhere, I don't remember, but I heard about it uh, and uh, I was really excited. The term Reframe the Day, I mean, it was like uh, reframing your situation, I guess. Something like that.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's it's a really good book for these times, uh, for like you know, COVID-19, Lockdown, uh, both Stillness is the Key and Reframe the Day are really good books to read at this time uh, because they do focus on the the way your mind works, the way that you're using your your time. Um, And uh, it's actually, I would also compare it to Essentialism by Greg McCohen, which I'm actually reading right now. Uh, It's basically focusing on the most important things and just getting rid of the rest or optimizing the rest. So those are really important keys during this time because we need to take most, actually during any time, it doesn't have to be COVID, lockdown or anything like that. So these skills are, are essential for personal growth.
0: No, but this time, this uh, this pandemic is really, really, I mean, uh, has really put down the economy of developing countries. I mean, in India, the economy has down to about negative 23. I mean, mm, yeah. it's really, really here bad in, times. Here in so,
1: Indonesia too.
0: Yeah, it's a really bad time for developing countries. Mm -hmm. But I guess uh, developed countries didn't get hit that much, right? What was that? I said uh, that uh, developed countries didn't get hit that bad, like developing countries.
1: Yeah, true, true. But uh, it seems like, you know, uh, a lot of people are still very careless in America. From what I heard from my father, who is still living over there, uh, careless about like, you know, protecting themselves from getting infected from the virus or whatever. Um, so I'm sure that is having a bad effect, but yeah, it's not as bad as like a developing country where the economy is getting hit pretty hard. Um, but I think the whole world is, is definitely getting hit pretty hard with um, people losing their jobs and, and, um, People are having to get cut back on hours, on pay, uh, things like that.
0: Yes. Yeah.
1: That's more the important to be able to develop yourself, develop your skills. Because you never know when something like this is going to hit. When a natural disaster hits or a, a pandemic hits, if you've got good skills... You're surely able to keep your job or build your own business. You can keep afloat if you have very good knowledge and very good skills. But if you go home, sit on your butt after work and don't develop yourself, then you are out of luck if you lose your job.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's true, Matt. I mean, I'm seeing a real, uh, really growth in startups. I mean, people are seeing COVID-19 as an opportunity to to start their own business and solving the problem of people not able to get out of their house. So
1: mm-hmm.
0: it also gives an opportunity for people.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. <laughs> that's what Tree from the Day is about, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> So Matt, uh, is there a failure of yours or apparent failure that you think has set you up for future success?
1: Did you say, is there a failure? Is that what you said?
0: Yeah, failure or apparent failure.
1: Okay, yeah. Well, you know, it. we all experience struggles throughout our process of trying to build a business and I've definitely experienced struggles. I wouldn't necessar- necessarily say failures. They're, they've just been a kind of like roadblocks. And I have to try and figure out uh, a, like a different way of approaching my personal business. That way I can reach new audiences and help more people. Um, I believe it is a matter of traction and also collaboration. I think that's one of the biggest, not necessarily failures, but things that I need to personally improve on is collaboration between different people or building a team. Right now, I'm a one-person team. So that you know that's one of the biggest suggestions that I do have is building up a team of people that you do trust when you're building your Your own business it's not necessarily uh something that you need right away when especially if you're doing content creation uh but if you're running an online course like i'm doing right now if you're um doing all these different things podcast and um, maybe an application or a bunch of different things and you're doing it all at once it's best to have other people that you trust to work with you on it. Because if you try to handle it all by yourself, you will probably go insane. (laughs) You will probably get anxiety. You will probably get very, very stressed and you may burn out. So building a team is, is important. I would say that's my number one thing that I'm trying to focus on right now. Because I cannot do everything by myself.
0: I didn't know that you worked all by yourself. I thought you had a content creation team behind you. I mean, yeah, no,
1: no. I do it all by myself. And uh, I'm still working a primary job as well. And I've also got my wife and daughter. So as you can see, I've got quite a lot on my plate. Uh, but <laughs> I do it anyway because I love it. I do it anyway because I have a high. Uh, purpose for it I'm very obsessed with reading I'm very obsessed with helping people out to, to apply my personal system my strategy, adapt it to their own life so everything that I do is totally worth it um, even though it may not be as fast as I would like it to be, I'm a patient person because you know what I'm 36, Shupam. I'm 36. So I still have a lot of time left as long as my health is good, as long as I don't get in accidents. I keep fit, right? I eat healthy. I've got lots of time to build up this brand that is going to change the world, right? So um, I'm not too worried. I think that's... That's a good message for the people listening is, you know, sometimes we want things to happen instantaneously, but oftentimes that's not how it works. When you're building a business, you got to build trust with people and that takes time. It takes years. And so if you're patient and you continue working every single day, even if it's for only one hour, every single day, day. That's better than none. That's better than than no hours, right? So you're making progress every single day to, to whatever your goal is and be patient because eventually the time will come. If you are progressing, you are purposely taking action towards your goal. But remember the famous quote, I think it was from Einstein. If you do the same thing every single day, the same way that's the very definition of insanity something like that i don't know if that's the exact words so be aware of that though because if you're not making progress and you're doing it the same way then it's probably not going to help you make progress right it's not going to help you make your reach your goal if you're doing it the same way and it doesn't work
0: yeah that's a great message that you said matt i mean people are focused on Having things instantly. They think that they are going to start a business and in a month or in a year, they are going to have in millions and will have so much money that they can never imagine. So, mm-hmm. it is, uh, I think it is kind of something that uh, the society has put pressure on people that if you are starting a business, you must be successful within this time frame. This is the limited time that you have and you have to be successful in this time. But Mm. patience is the key. I mean it is for if you stay for the long term, the power of compounding will give rise to something really, really great. Just like you said. Yes. Bookmatic is going to change the world. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah,
1: that's that's exactly what I'm shooting for. You know? You really have to shoot for that that huge goal. Keep your eyes on that. Be aware of what's going on around you. Be aware of the people, but focus on that big goal and make the progress every single day. Make sure that you are moving forward and measure it as much as you can. Measure it with whatever it may be. Statistics, amount of clients you acquire, um, amount of subscribers, whatever it may be. Measure and be happy with it. Don't compare yourself with others because others are doing their own thing. You are doing your own thing. It's different. Each person has their own story, right? Each person has their own story. Each person has their own unique way. Because yeah, I mean, Shubham, we see so many accounts out there on Instagram that are doing something very similar, right? Yeah. Many, many accounts are doing something very similar. But that doesn't mean that you cannot do it too. Right? You can. You can do it. You just have to make it your own. Make it unique.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Something that is only unique to you.
1: Mm -hmm. Unique to you you and something that is really going to help other people uh, move forward in their life. And, you know, there's, there's one more thing that I want to say about this topic is we... Those people, everyone that's doing like this uh, book, book inspiration, motivational type of thing, uh, trying to motiv- motivate people to read good books. Um, we are in the knowledge field, yeah. and the knowledge field takes, I think, a lot of trust for people to invest their time and energy into your content, your course, your application, whatever the service may be, it takes a lot of trust for that person to invest their time and money in you. So that means that, well, someone uh, who follows you is probably not going to trust you right away. You have to build up that trust with that person and show them that you are... The leader in your field, you are the expert in your field, and they can trust you because you you are the guide, right? You are guiding them towards their personal success.
0: Yeah, Matt, completely right. Yeah, so, so go ahead, Matt. I I also see you as a leader. I mean, in this book uh, is book bookstagram, I see you as a leader. You, uh, Nick, and uh, reading for growth. And philosophy for success all mm. that thing i i see you as a leader i mean i started following you maybe a year or two year two ago i don't remember the exact oh. time so it also motivated me towards uh, i mean building my own content so mm-hmm.
1: that is amazing man i'm i'm so happy to hear that uh because you know that's i guess that's also another secondary type of goal that I have is to you know have people like you who also see the benefit of sharing what they learn with the other people that they care about their family their friends people online you know that that is an amazing thing and I do want more and more people to to do that same thing because you know when you share about what you want you to remember too so that's, that. that's, I guess that's one of the reasons why we do what we do.
0: Yeah. yeah. I mean, you are an inspiration for people, you know? <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much for that. Appreciate it. So, so Matt, what do you think is the best investment you have made in the last five years? Be in terms of money, time or energy.
1: The best investment that I've made, uh, money, time, or energy.
0: Sorry, say that one more time. Uh, What is the best investment you have made in the last five years? Be it terms of money, time, or energy.
1: Okay, so uh, in terms of uh, money, time, and energy, well, of course, investing in the books have really helped out. Like, you know... I know a lot of people out there might, might say, oh, I I don't have enough money to, to buy a book. Like, for example, I have uh, uh, someone in a book club here in Surabaya. Uh, Sometimes he has some trouble buying the books that we have to discuss, but he does it anyway because he knows that in the long run, that investment in that book book will help him to grow as a person. So in general, investing the, the time and the money into the books have really helped me out to grow as a person. And also just putting myself out there, like filming videos, uh, buying a website, like just taking action, taking the steps forward has helped me to grow as a person. Before, 10 years ago, I would have been afraid to take any of these steps, like to invest in a website or to invest in a book. 10 years ago, I probably wouldn't have done it. So really, um, one of the messages for, for this is don't be afraid to invest, even if you don't have a whole lot of money. Don't be afraid to invest in a book or a website. And you make progress on that every single day and it will help you to grow as a person and maybe even grow into a business that can support you for the rest of your life. I hope that answers your question.
0: Yeah, yeah, completely. Mm -hmm. So, Matt, when do you feel overwhelmed or unfocused? Then what do you do? Okay, good question. So I
1: often feel, feel overwhelmed when I've got a lot of like uh, tasks to do at my primary job. And then, of course, I've got my family. So then, okay, where does that leave time to work like an hour or two hours on Bookmatic content or making a new module for my course or a lesson? So oftentimes when I have a whole lot of things on my plate, it does make me feel overwhelmed. It does make me stressed. So I just have to realize what are my priorities? Well, right now, my, my primary job, I have to take care of that, right? That's yeah. something that I have to do. So I take care of that. And I realize when I'm done with that, I can work on some other things. And my family is obviously priority. So I spend time with them. And then I can also do what I need to do with, with Bookmatic. If that means that I can only work on Bookmatic stuff for one hour a day or a half an hour a day, then so be it. The next day, I can work two hours or I can work four hours right yeah but without a doubt i do read every single day no doubt i read every single day that is something i i have made a solid habit for the past 430 days i've read without missing so wow. that is that is uh, something i keep in my life every single day for at least a half an hour, at least. And one more thing, I love to journal. Whenever I feel overwhelmed, I pick up my journal and I write. I write whatever thoughts are going on in my head, whatever feelings, I put it down on the paper. And that helps me to get it out of my system. That helps me to calm down that helps me to sort out my thoughts. It brings stillness, it brings calm. So journaling is my outlet for overwhelm, for stress.
0: Yeah, journaling is a really great way. Even I do it whenever I feel overwhelmed or stressed. I also write down my feelings. It really helps to put down your feelings into a paper. It's like it's leaving our body and it's going into the paper.
1: Yep. Yep. And then we can look back on it like a year later or two years later, look back at that journal entry and be like, oh, I remember that time. I felt so down in the dumps. And then, and then, uh, well, I know what the solution is, right? After we figure out whatever the solution is or whatever it was that were was bothering us, we know how to solve that problem with hindsight. So, next question down in the first place if we didn't write it down in the first place there would be no way for us to reflect on it writing it down really is like a record it is a record of our thoughts and feelings throughout time we can see progress in ourselves if we write it down in a
0: journal yeah i mean that's like leveling up you know (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah man So, uh, as a teacher, uh, what is a bad thing that you hear about your profession? I mean, it's kind of, I mean, I mean, some kind of thing that you think is not bad, but people think it's bad. What kind of myth that goes on in your profession?
1: What do other people think that is bad about my profession? Is that what your question is? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, um yeah i would say that most people here in indonesia look not really down on teachers but um i would say it, they they know that it's definitely not a high-paying job it's not a high-paying career and uh it's something that that definitely you wouldn't really be able to retire on uh, salary, a teacher salary over here in Indonesia, in the US, you will be able to retire on a teacher salary, but it's still not even the, the, the best paying job. So people look at it like that, um, just as yeah, not, not very high paying salary. Uh, but people generally appreciate teachers because we are taking care of their children while they are working. So I work at a, I work at a private school. And so sometimes it feels like I'm a babysitter. Sometimes (laughs) I, I know that the parents, they want me to, you know, teach their children well. So of course I do the best job that I can possibly do teaching them. And of course, with the, with my knowledge, in personal development i can help these kids to get a strong mindset so i don't just teach english i try to teach the, the kids that you know it's okay to it's okay to make a mistake it's okay to uh, to fail a little bit because you learn from that so stay strong and just get up and try again that's what i always relay to my students so, yeah thank you for asking that's a good question
0: Thank you very much, Matt. Uh (laughs) So, (laughs) Matt, uh, how do you deal with criticism or negativity?
1: How to deal with criticism on a daily basis?
0: Yeah, on a daily basis or maybe some kind of criticism that you get from your family members or friends sometimes. Yeah,
1: Yeah. well, if we look at the different cultures around the world, uh, in Indonesia and maybe in India too, I'm not sure. Uh, parents have a really big influence on the kids. And so whatever the, the parents say to the kids, the kids kind of follow along. Uh, it's a little bit different in, in the U.S. Kids are a little bit more rebellious, I guess. <laughs> um, so, so what I personally would tell someone, if, you know, getting criticism is, well, that's, that's what that other person thinks. the fact that you know other people can think the way that they think and say the things that they say and do the things that they want to do and we have the choice to react the way that we want to react and I know that for a younger person who is living under their parents house this might be a little bit more difficult because you're a little bit more dependent on your parents Um, but for an older person who is already living on their own, outside of their house, it's, you know, criticism is something that we kind of have to ignore sometimes. I guess it really depends on who the criticism is coming from and the way that they are saying it and what they're saying it about. Like, for, for example, if someone criticized the way that I created content, well, I have a choice about how i create content like if it's from a fan like for example you or something if you were to say something about my content if you said it in a nice polite way then of course i would listen but if you said it in a nasty way then i would just be like oh who are you to say that um i I can make my own decisions like this is just how i do things right so it's it's really um it really depends on who it's coming from. And if they're saying it in a in a way that you do not appreciate, you, you don't need to listen to them. Don't take it personally because there may be something wrong with that person, right? <laughs> uh, maybe something bad happened to them that day. Maybe they got an accident or maybe, uh, you know, a family member passed away. Something bad happened to them. So they're taking it out on other people. So you don't need to take it personally, whatever their criticism is. Yeah. I highly recommend, you know, studying stoicism, uh, studying the Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz. That book really changed my life life because I was dealing with uh, worrying way too much about what other people thought of me. And after reading that book, I realized that it doesn't really matter because in the end it just matters what I do the good things I do yeah right i always try to do good things so yeah in the end it doesn't matter <laughs> what other people think i should i shouldn't say it doesn't matter uh, just don't take it personally right
0: no no, no. <laughs> i'm not taking it personally yep so i mean a kid living under their parents if their parents talk him into into something that is that he's not interested in i mean pursue a career that he's not interested in so how do one deal with it
1: so you're you're asking if a kid a teenager is living under the parents house or early 20s and the parents uh, try to convince the person of doing something that they're not interested in? Is that what your question is? Okay. Yeah, so of course we want to respect our parents, uh, especially in like Eastern cultures. And I guess even in Western cultures, people should respect their parents because their parents raised them. Their parents sacrificed a whole lot for them. But at the same time, if it is like for example a career choice and your parents are insisting that you you become a doctor but you want to become an engineer i don't know just for example right um you you just have to sit down and talk with your parents and have a serious talk with them and say hey you know I, I appreciate you trying to help me out here. I know that you are trying to think of what's best for me, but I don't have an interest in becoming a doctor. Like my skills lie in engineering, in numbers, in maths, in whatever it may be, right? This is what I'm good at. And this is what I'm, you know, totally obsessed with. Not passionate, but obsessed, right? Uh, yeah. I believe, you know, whatever career choice we choose, we should be obsessed about that career choice. That will help us to keep motivated. So if you let your parents know, honestly, at least this is the in the Western culture, this is the Western way of, of doing things. It's just to be honest, to be transparent and tell them, What you truly believe in a nice way, in a respectful way, not in a shouting or angry way, because that will just make your parents angry at you. And then they will insist even more. Hmm. But if you do it in a calm way, approach them with a level head and insist politely the way that you want to go, the things that you're interested in and explain using details then if they are good parents they will understand
0: yeah no it's true really that parents care about the children but they think that what they are thinking is completely right and what the kids are thinking they are not mature enough to choose something on their own Mm -hmm. so that's the thing that you said it was a great piece of advice for anyone who is trying to Mm -hmm. convince their parents Thank you, Matt. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no problem. It's also no problem. a great piece of
0: advice uh, for me, you know.
1: <laughs> it's quite, it's quite different in the in the US for sure, because most parents will be like, "Oh, when you turn eighteen, you have to move out of the house, go find your apartment, go to university," and uh, some parents don't even pay for the university. And uh, they just, you know, let the kids off on their own when they turn 18, which in my personal opinion, if you want to know it, I believe that that's not really good. Because at 18, it's still quite young because that's when you just graduate from high school and you have not had any real life experience yet, really. Yeah. You may have had a part time job or something like that, but that's not enough. And how the heck are you supposed to pay for rent, right? How the heck are you supposed to pay for food on a part-time salary when you're going to university? It's almost impossible. So in my opinion, parents in the U.S. kicking their kids out (laughs) uh, right at 18 is, is insane, actually. It's crazy. (laughs) <laughs> yeah i think parents in the u.s should at least let their kids be stable until they graduate and get a solid job or create their own business whatever it may be and they're living solid solidly so if that's until 22 if that's in, until 25 not a problem in
0: my opinion yeah yeah i never knew about that uh... People, I mean, parents let their children after, I mean, eighteen years old children on the streets. I mean, it's just completely rubbish, you know. Here, parents well, it's, are it's not on the to streets. <laughs> I mean, it's literally on the streets. I mean, a guy who doesn't have any kind of confidence. I mean, literally teenagers suffer from lack of confidence, you know. So yeah. how can someone? I mean without confidence without any kind of knowledge anything go and live on their own it's really hard mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean if I imagine it it will be really really difficult for me personally yeah i mean obviously
1: people make it work but i think that's that's one thing that that could change in the US that i think would it would help it would help, I think, with, like, respective parents. Uh, I, I don't know. It's, I guess it's really different for each family, each parent. The, the U.S. Is, is very big on individuality. So, yeah, it's, a, it's an individualistic culture.
0: So, uh, Matt, here in India very few people choose to read uh, self-help or personal development books. I mean, they ignore it by saying it's not cool, I don't need them, things like that. So, what would you like to say to them?
1: Well, I know that that's actually a problem like pretty much anywhere you go in the world. Uh, Although I have seen a whole lot of Indian bookstagrammers lately, so uh, don't you think that that is actually changing a little bit. Yeah, yeah. In, India.
0: in recent times, it's uh, growing. I mean, people are starting to read. So it's a positive change, but still there are a large number of people who are not reading. I mean, I talk to my friends about reading books and they ignore it, saying that I don't need all that kind of thing. It's not... I don't need them. I'm happy on my own. I'm fine. I don't need personal development. All that stuff.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I hear the same thing to be honest, Shubham. I hear the same thing here. I hear the same thing in the US. So one of the biggest thing things I can do personally is show by example. Cause well, we cannot change the way people live. They have to make the, the choice for themselves. So if you show them the wonders of reading, uh the, the almost like not really magic, but <laughs> it it almost feels like magic sometimes when we read a book and then all of a sudden we understand and then we go out and we do it, right? Yeah. We accomplish something because the book has given us new knowledge to go out and do it. So I would say one of, those, one of the best things that we can do for those people who say, hey, I don't need it, um, I'm okay, or I don't like to read, read, or whatever the excuse may be, we show by example. We show by example. Um, That's really the, the only way that I can think of to help people who do not want to read at all. And even then, if we show by example and the person sees us and they still decide not to pick up a book then that is their choice. Yeah, it's unfortunate, but it is their choice.
0: Yeah. yeah. Great yeah. Piece I can try and use that. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, I can. you could also try different approaches too, right? You could talk yeah. to them about particular books in, in a different way. You could try to figure out what that person is interested in and then try to find a book on the particular topic. Uh, Maybe they're suffering from a particular problem, and if you convey the message from the book that you know would help them out, maybe you just give them a little verbal summary about the book, that might pique their interest. They might very well be willing to read that particular book and who knows after they read that book it might spark their interest they might start picking up more books
0: yeah i mean yeah. that is, that can also work i guess
1: <laughs> yeah yeah it's re- it really comes down to interest right because whenever yeah. i pick up a book i always make sure that it aligns with a problem that i'm trying to solve or with something that i'm very interested in i'm not going to pick up a book that i'm not interested in or won't solve my problem otherwise i will be i will be dreading through that book i'll be like oh i don't really want to read this i'm not in the right mood for that particular book at that time so yeah we have to connect with the person's emotions, the person's problems, the person's interest in order to help them to pick up the right book.
0: Yeah. Uh, so, Matt, I have a few questions from my friend, Reader Arjun. Maybe you mm-hmm. know him. I guess. What's his name? Reader Arjun, Arjun Sachdev. He's also a fellow. Yeah, maybe yeah. Yep. so uh, when I told him that I'm going to take your interview so he told me to ask you a few questions of him so okay. here, yeah. here, here are a few questions from him uh, he asked about what's the meaning of success for you hmm. alright
1: so the meaning of success for me Uh, It's Yeah, of course, it's different for every single person. But really, it is to be able to live financially unburdened. So I I could, you know, take my family where I want to take them uh, to be emotionally balanced. So, of course, it's not all about money, Uh, you know, emotionally balanced, physically healthy and mentally healthy, uh, those are all parts of my vision of success. Also, one other aspect of it is the Bookmatic mission to help people get the main aspects from the books, put it into a plan, and take action using the, the best system there is out there for retaining and taking action on what you read. So I get that out to hundreds of thousands maybe millions of people that will be when I feel like yes this is a great freaking accomplishment but the number one priority is my family health and happiness uh, financial stability
0: So you are covering every aspect of life and that's yeah, really so great. it's
1: really that—that that is like the the definition of bookmatic lifelong learners is to make your whole life balanced in every single aspect of your life, health, mental, money, inspiration, your obsession, whatever that may be, right? Yeah. Bookmatic lifelong learners,
0: <laughs> lifelong learners, <laughs> right? Yep. So Matt, uh, the second question that he asked is, he wanted uh, two, two or three book recommendations on behavioral psychology. Behavioral psy- psychology. All right. Um,
1: so, you know, the loss of human nature by Robert Greene, that goes into a lot about how our mind works, about how people behave About why we behave the way we behave, so um, that book is. I mean, I've been reading. To be honest, I've been reading that book since I think March or May. March or May? Uh, Yeah, I've been reading it for quite some time, uh, almost this full year, because I'm taking it very, very slowly, because I want to reflect on. The takeaways. I want to implement those takeaways in my life. And the only way I see fit for doing that with this type of book is to digest it very slowly, to read it very, very slowly. I recommend that book to your friend. Yeah. Um, what other books on psychology, behavior psychology? Uh, there's actually this other book. Uh, it's a parenting book, but it may help. To understand a lot about where our our ingrained pain comes from, like uh, uh, mental pain and labels and uh, limiting beliefs, so that that might be also another one. It's not exactly a behavioral science book, but uh, it's called the book you wish your parents had read, and your kids will be glad that you did by Philippa Perry that is an amazing amazing book even if you don't have kids and let me take a quick look at my bookshelf here to see if i can you know that's a topic that i'm that i'm trying to learn a lot more about but i don't have any other books on my shelf specifically for behavioral science i think i've heard of a book called behave but i can't remember who the author is and also i'm reading another book called How We Learn by Stanislaus Dahene. Uh, It's a fantastic book about, yeah, how we learn, basically. The title is perfect because it really digs deep into the brain sciences um, about how we learn. And I'm reading that because I'm very, very interested in the way that our brain works, uh, uh, the way that we absorb knowledge. So I suppose if you read that book, it will help you to understand... um, better how we learn and how we can spread that message a little bit better right so those are three book suggestions even though they're not exactly related except for the laws of human nature that's a must
0: yeah so thank you thank you matt for the book recommendations yeah no problem so the next question from him is in india uh the teenagers are really confused about which career to choose. So they are kind of immature and uh, don't know the real world a lot. So what are your suggestions? What, uh, How should people choose their career?
1: All right. So this is a question that would work anywhere in the world, really. Uh, and the answer would work anywhere in the world as well. So this is just my opinion. Uh, Taking from my own personal experience, when I was going to university back in 2008, (coughs) excuse me, sorry, Uh, when I was going back to university, I thought that I wanted to become a music teacher, but it really did not work out for me. Uh, Then I started studying about language. And of course, now I'm an English teacher. Um, So really, just talking about the, the specific degree that you get at your university will not necessarily match with the career that you end up going into. So my advice is really just to start to experiment with life and think about what is it that you're really interested in and what is it it that you're like really actually obsessed with. And if you don't know what you're obsessed with, then you have to go on an experimental journey and start experimenting with different types of fields that you think you are interested in. And of course, you want to go into a career that will help you to become financially stable, right? So whatever that interest is, you have to make sure is something that is going to be able to make you money. That way you can live comfortably because we all want to live comfortably and happily, right? Yeah. Um, So that's something that you just have to really experiment and observe and you know it's okay to switch careers like if you go into career and you feel like you don't really like it it's okay to switch in my opinion yeah. like right now i personally am in a transition between teaching at a school and building up my own business so once my own own business takes off and it is, it is making enough money for me to leave my job, I will leave. I will go. So that takes time, but you've got all the time in the world until the time that you pass away. So yes. you might as well you might as well enjoy that time and make the biggest impact that you can possibly make. By doing what you love and doing what you are good at and doing something that will make you financially stable. I believe that's the definition of Ikigai, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's like these little bubbles that say something <laughs> that you love, something that you're good at, something that will make you money. Put it right in the middle. That's the type of career you want to go into.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So like you said, the key to... Choosing career is experimenting with things that you like. If you haven't yeah. tasted anything, how can you know what is, what are you good at, and what you should be taking as a career?
1: Yeah, there's no other way for you to know unless you actually try doing it. And if you get into a career that you don't like, then find a way to get out of that career. Yeah, yeah.
0: So uh, to wrap it up, to wrap it up, it is the last question, Matt. So, okay, when is is a podcast coming, Matt? And uh, what kind of content can we expect from you?
1: Oh, that's a fantastic question. Yeah, because just the, I think it was yesterday, I kind of announced, yeah, announced the fact that I was uh, putting together a podcast. Well, I've got uh, several interviews lined up with authors from several different genres of books, but they're all in the nonfiction area. Uh, some are our business, some are self-help. So really the, the goal of this podcast is to help authors connect with an audience, the Bookmatic Lifelong Learners audience, uh, and help the audience to find good books. Um, you know, because On my Instagram profile and my YouTube uh, account, I talk a lot about reading tips. And sometimes people don't want to just hear reading tips. They also want to hear about good book recommendations. So on the podcast, it's going to specifically be talking about books, book recommendations from fantastic authors, I also want to be able to reach out to authors that don't have a whole lot of reach, like independently published authors. And I know that, you know, of course, uh, authors that are published from like big publishers like Penguin and and uh, Viking Books and, you know, things like that, they do have like a lot of marketing power. And I may get some of those authors in the future. but. I guess my my primary fo- focus is to help out the little guys. <laughs> to help out the little guys reach more people, really. Yeah. Because some of these books go under the radar. And some of these books are amazing, like the the book that I read the other day. It's called 10 Foundations by Pam Cordano, and that book was amazing. It was independently published so it didn't reach a whole lot of people like a book like by ryan holiday right which reach you know reaches hundreds of thousands of people this book yeah maybe it reaches thousands of people so if you put it in front of my audience maybe that will help the book to reach another few thousand people and from there maybe it will compound so a really good independently published book may show up on my podcast so that's
0: that's really the main purpose is to connect well yeah thank you Matt. i'll be looking forward to your podcast (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm. yeah yeah So, so we got we got some good authors lined up so uh be be tuned for that coming sometime in january close to the beginning of the month to start out the new year with a big bang (laughs)
0: <laughs> wow a new start to a new year yep yep
1: yeah <laughs> thank you so much for the awesome questions
0: <laughs> thank you Matt for being here it was my pleasure taking an interview of you I mean I was sitting in the sidelines watching your book reviews and uh, recommendations and book tips and uh, here I am taking an interview so it's a big transition for me. And thank you for being here. You're my inspiration, man. You no, know,
1: keep it up, man. Keep it up. Keep on doing it. I I really enjoy talking with you. And yeah, again, I want to say thank you very much. And also thank you for the listeners too. Do you mind if I uh, talk about where they can reach me?
0: Yeah, yeah. No, man.
1: Cool. Yeah. So of course, uh, TTIC and Practically every other social media platform is under the same name, Bookmatic, with two T's. My website, also the same, bookmatic.com. And uh, definitely check out the online course that's on there. That's going to help you learn uh, the different strategies, the different systems that I was talking about in this podcast episode. So please do check that out. And uh, yeah, thank you so much. Thank you, Shubham.
0: Thank you, Matt, for being here. It was a yeah. pleasure having you here.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Definitely. Thank you so much. Thank you very much.